0: From the earliest days of using the computer in the classroom, teachers were afraid that using computers would lead to the elimination of their jobs. There was this perception that computers were a way to move away from teachers in control to computers in control. And that came from the fact that so often the earliest software programs that were on the market seemed to control learning things like mathematics programs that allowed a student to guess an answer to an easy question. And if they got a certain number of questions right, the questions would become harder. And so they would move up a layer. So it was easy for teachers to come to the conclusion that they were losing control. In actual fact, the things that were computers, that computers were being used for, was for rote learning. Not for thinking skills, but for rote learning. And to a certain extent, that makes sense because when one is programming a computer at the very basis level, It's all a bunch of if this, then that statements. If you choose one, you move here. If you choose two, you move there. So when it comes to rote learning, it's very much the same way. If you do this, then you get to do that. If you do this, you get to do that. That perception was aided and abetted by the fact that there was so much research into artificial intelligence. So naturally, teachers that didn't think too much about it began to see that computers were going to take over their jobs. And so they had to constantly fight against the implementation of computers because they believed that it was Making sure that they would still have jobs. There's a very big difference though between machine thinking and human thinking. When you stop and think about it <laughs> ironic that I use that expression, when you are considering rote learning very versus thinking. Rote learning requires choices. And computers are very good at making judgment based on choices. That's what the algorithms are all about that are being used in social media today. If you go to a movie site... And you pick a certain kind of movies, the computer tries to come to some conclusions about the type of movies you like and then to suggest other computers like that. But there's a big difference between that and having to try to approximate the way in which our minds think, the way in which we come to conclusions. Because when we are thinking, emotion and experience comes into play. Our experiences with a particular student, for instance, leads us to read between the lines if we're, for instance, marking assignments or essays. I found in the early days when I had my students sharing thoughts online that I began to realize that students think certain ways. And by reading their words online, I got to know them better because I knew the kinds of ways they approached issues. Some people approach issues in a very cold, hard and fast way, and others through emotional lenses. You know the, you know, the, the old adage about rosy colored glasses and seeing the world as a cup half full rather than a cup half empty. Those kinds of things <clears throat> come to play when we're looking at student work. I have had students in the past that when I read their essays, I knew what they were trying to say, even if they didn't say it properly, because I knew where they were coming from. I knew the kinds of things they had done in the past. And that makes a difference when I come up or anyone comes up with a final grade for an essay, for instance. Of course, there are those that would argue that that means that all assessment is subjective rather than objective. And I suppose to a certain extent that can be said of certain kinds of assessment. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. We assess our students based on a variety of different artifacts that they give us and observations we make of them. It's not easy to train a computer, even given artificial intelligence, to see the world through the eyes of a Another person. That's what empathy is. Being able to look at a student and know how that student or sense how that student sees the world. And when it comes to assessment, the older the student, the more mature their work, the harder it is not to think about where the student is coming from when we assess. Now, there are times when assessment is hard and fast. Either an answer is right or it's wrong. But then there are other times when lots of different points can be right. It's the combination of things that can be in a positive direction or a negative direction. And... If we only mark things that we can give a yes or no, a right or wrong answer to, then we're not really getting at the thinking that we want our students to come around to. I'm talking about all of this because there was an article that I read a a review of that dealt with with the idea of robo-grading. Believe it or not, that's what it was called. That one would be able to put a test in and it would be graded using a computer and then it would be spewed out again with the mark. And the information that was presented in the article pointed to the fact that artificial intelligence is a long way from being able to come to conclusions about assessment and assessing of student work. That's because of the emotional component, because of the experiential component of assessment. Now, You were going to go and say that as soon as you bring those emotional human elements in, then you're not being assessed, you're not assessing a student fairly. But in actual fact, the best way to assess any one student and assess for growth has to be in using a variety of different examples of student work listening to them talking watching them working reading what they cre- what they write and and analyzing what they have created and looking at a variety of different aspects of what students do it's also longitudinal because one day a student can be pumping and firing on all cylinders and the next day not at all and we all of us know what it's like to be too tired to think and if a student comes in and they've had problems at home and they haven't slept very well and they're hungry and they're worrying about something they are not going to think as well as they might some other time. Now, there will be an element of robo-grading at some point down the line. The more sophisticated artificial intelligence becomes, the more likely it will be to be able to use those that knowledge base to create tools to assess and spew out a grade or a mark or comments or however you want to look at it. But we're a long, long way from being able to create tools that can replace ourselves. And by that I mean that they can do the assessment that we don't want to do. If we allow education to go down a path where we replace the human element, then it seems to me we have bigger problems to worry about than whether or not robo-grading is really very good. We have to remember That at the end of the day, we humans count for something more than whatever artificial intelligence comes up with, despite all the science fiction we see and read and hear about.